Let's pray. Are you ready? Father, we are so thankful for you, who you are and what you're doing in our life. You are our heavenly father. What a great father you are. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for dying on the cross for our sins. We bless you and we honor you. Thank you, Father. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you, thank you. Lord, give us eyes, ears, and hearts to receive what you have for us this particular Sunday. Lord, there's not a person that's in this room today that's watching online, God, that you didn't know they would be tuned in, that they would be here and listening to this message. So, Father, open our eyes. Give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation knowledge. God, every bondage, every addiction, Lord, that's in our lives, God, we command those things in the name of Jesus as an act of our will to walk in the freedom that you created for us on the cross. You set us free. You said it is finished. We are free. So, Father, we choose to walk in that freedom. Every bad habit, every foul addiction, Father, in the name of Jesus, we declare it's broken off of our life. If you agreed with that, would you say amen? Amen. amen. All right, so we just finished an eight-week series on prayer, and uh, we, could do, we could do an eight weeks more. We didn't do it. You know, the Bible talks about praying in all kinds of prayer. Uh, there's lots of different kinds of prayer. We didn't get into any of that. We just said, talked about, you know, praying in the Spirit. But there's all kinds of prayer. There's the prayer of unity, the prayer of faith, the prayer of praise, the prayer of worship. And uh, so there's lots of different things we can talk. We'll come back again because it is such an important subject. But I'm going to move on and, 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 just, and just kind of praying about, again, remember what kind of pastor am I? What kind of preacher? I am a burden pastor. So the burden that I have picked up, it just really just makes sense to me. And that's good when, when God does things in my life and gives me direction that makes sense to me. It helps me, helps me go in that direction. But talking about, uh, how many of you remember, um, gosh, when was it? Back in the 80s, 90s, 90s, there was a Tim, uh, Tim the tool man called Tool, what, Tim Time? Uh, Tim, uh, Tool, tool time, yeah. So that's what this is. We won't call this tool time, but uh, it just makes sense. Then we talked about we talked about uh, prayer for eight weeks. Now let's talk a little bit about the faith, because again, if we're not praying in faith, then it doesn't matter how long we're praying, or what we're praying, what kind of system we use, or what kind of uh, you know whether it be the Lord's prayer or we do the Acts. If I mean what Acts is, what's the letter A? Adoration. C, confession, T, thanksgiving, S, supplication. So again, uh, doesn't matter what you do. If we're not praying in faith, then it's not going to do us any good. So this is a message that I've done before. I like to resurrect messages and put some fresh stuff on it uh, too. Uh, it's kind of like eating potatoes. How many of you have had mashed potatoes before? How many of you have had baked potatoes? The same potato, just different way, right? So now I've heard that message on faith. I've heard my faith messages. Well, I'm get, this is mashed with garlic this time. So you'll enjoy it if you, if you like garlic. If you don't eat it anyway, it's kind of like baby food. <laughs> I'll shove it in your mouth and I'll wipe it off your face. And I'll shove it back in there again. That's what we did as parents. So anyway, so we ended last week. We ended last week uh, talking in prayer. We talked about the Lord's Prayer. And again, you, you know this, don't you? That that's really not the Lord's prayer. The Lord, that's the disciples' prayer. That's the disciples asking to teach us to pray. And he taught them to pray that prayer. The Lord's prayer is actually in John 17. That's with the prayer that Jesus prayed. He prayed for three things predominantly in that. He prayed for himself, dedicating himself to the Lord. He prayed for his disciples, those 12 that the Lord gave him. And he prayed for you. And he prayed for me. That's all those who would become disciples. They would become followers through their message. So all of us are included in the Lord's actual prayer. But again, as I said just a moment ago, it doesn't matter. 
how long do you pray that prayer? How, you know, could you not tarry five hours with me? If we're not praying in faith, then we're not going to get the answers that we're hoping that we're spending that time uh, doing. So let's look at this verse. This is uh, all these scriptures, again, or most of them are going to be on the app or on the U version. So if you have the app, you can follow along. Make sure you save those notes. That way you'll always have them. Obviously, and there's obviously a place on there that says add or, or something to add to. You can add to that scripture or a message that kind of goes with that. So I'm going to give you some scriptures today that probably isn't on there. It just kind of came up later. So I encourage you to put those in there and go back and, and take time. Sometimes we think, what kind of, um, what kind of a Bible? What, what do I, I don't know what to read. I don't know what to study. Well, I tell you what, if you can't think of anything else, take Sunday morning's message and go over it. Go over those scriptures. And if you need to, go back and listen to the message again. That's why we put them on there. It's so that you can have access to them. Or if you're on vacation or whatever, there's always there. So make sure that you take advantage of that. But Hebrews 11.6, this is probably one of my, my faith favorite faith verses. I love this one. Hebrews eleven six. This is out of the New American Standard. And it says that without faith, it's impossible to please him. Without faith, it's impossible to please him. The words that are interchangeable, without faith, without trusting him, without um, having our interest in him, it's impossible to please, to please God. For he that cometh to God, you must believe that he is. And I always stop here. If you go here, you know I do this. He is what? He is whatever you're coming to him for. If you're coming to him because you need, man, I just, Lord, I just need peace. You better come to him believing that he is Jehovah Shalom. If God, I have a need in my life and I, Lord, I finances and da, da, da. You come to him, you better believe he's Jehovah Jireh. He's the God who sees the need in your life before that need ever even arises. So whatever you're coming to him for, you got to believe that he is that. Not only that, that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. I like the translation that says, for those who diligently seek him. He is a rewarder. So you've got to believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those that diligently seek him. But I'll tell you this, as important as faith is, and it's, it's, it's impossible to please God without it, there's something even higher than that that we have to have. You know what that is? Love. Your love walk, man. You need to always make sure that love walk is in order. Are you walking in love, not just towards the people who love you, but the people who don't love you, or do you, you know, the people that you work with that you don't really care about, you got to walk in love towards them. Why? Because Galatians 6 says that your faith, Galatians 6, uh, 6, uh, Galatians 6, 5, or 5, 6, let me see if I wrote it down. I did. 5, 6, your faith works by your love. So if your love stinks, then your faith isn't going to work. So always, always, and, and, and again, when things aren't working, when you're praying and things aren't looking, working for you, and you just seem like God, this prayer's not getting past the ceiling, check your love walk. God, is there someone that, I, that, I walk, that I'm walking out of love with? And he may bring back that something. If it is, then go make things right with that person. Now, listen, if you've been talking about them to other people, go to those other people. Don't go to them I said, I need to apologize to you because I've been telling everybody in this office what a jerk you are and all this. They don't need to know that. Somebody's probably gone to them and told them that already anyway. But anyway, don't go, don't, don't open up a can of worms. If you've done something secretly, clean that up with God and start treating that person right, all right? All right, this time for y'all to take a sip of coffee if you got any coffee this morning. <laughs> are you ready? All right, so. And this would be a good time to do this as well. Tap the person next to you and say, pal, work on your love walk. 
Hey, Beth, how about that guy on the other side? <laughs> Tap them too. Pal, work on, work on your love walk. So again, listen, we saw again that, that faith is, is, is important. We saw that and in, in that is, it's important. And listen what James 6, James adds to this. James 6, James chapter 1, verse 6, New American Standard says, but ask, but you must ask in faith. You must ask in faith. Why? Because that's what pleases God. You must ask in faith. How many of you would be honest to say, you know, sometimes it's hard to walk in faith because I just always, I, I fight this nagging doubt. Uh, hello, you know, I've been, I've been there, been there, and I will be there. Sometimes we just, we just have to fight, that, fight those things. Because you know why it's, it's, it's hard? Because that's so natural for us. It's so natural for our flesh, for our flesh, so natural for our, our human mind to, to have those doubts. It's just, again, it's just, it's just something that, man, we, we just kind of grow up with that way. It's just part of that. And that's the reason we've got to renew that mind. We've got to do something, do something with that mind. Because listen, we can get over and walk in the faith side, and then it'll come just as natural as walking by faith in the spirit. See, our spirit man has it. It's that flesh, it's our natural mind. Because when you got born again, what got born again? Your spirit man, your flesh has not. Your, when you get to heaven, you'll get a new body. You'll get renewed that. Till, till we get there, we have to work on this. This body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. And we should treat it and respect it and honor it like we should. But again, till we get to heaven, we've still got these earthly boxes, uh, bodies. We've got uh, these minds. Our mind is what? Our, our mind, our, 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 our mind, our will, and our emotions. That's our soul. Our mind, our will, and our emotions. And the Hebrews, uh, not Hebrews. I'll get this right in a minute. Romans chapter 12, verse 2 says to be not conformed to the world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of our mind. We have to do something with our mind. We have to do something with our mind. And uh, it takes effort. It takes a lot of effort to do this, building yourself up. That's the reason it says in Jude chapter 1, verse, well, there's only one chapter. Jude 20, it says to build yourself up in your most holy faith by praying in the Holy Spirit. God has given us a tool to be able to pray ourselves or strengthen ourselves. Well, that's, that's in my spirit. But did you know that the life of the flesh comes out of your spirit? I'll give you, I'll prove. Uh, Samson, when the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit would come upon him, he could do things that no man could do. But it wasn't until the Spirit of God came upon him. He couldn't do that anytime he wanted to. It's like the gifts of the Spirit. They're as the spirit wills, not as man wills. So Samson was this ordinary man until the spirit came on him. And so the, 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 the strength of his flesh came out of his spirit, man. So again, so we need to build ourselves up. And again, it takes effort to do it. Just take time to, to pray and to find scriptures that promise you the things that you're believing God for. Again, it's our, our natural way, that natural flesh, it'll dominate us if we allow it to. Listen, Jesus warned us, over in uh, John chapter 16, verse 33, in this world, you will have what? Good times? You will have tribulations. We'll have some good times, but he said, he told us that we're, as a Christian, as a, just as a human, you're going to have difficulties. Paul said, when you get married, you're going to have difficulty when you get married. What do you mean? Well, you get, you just got two fleshes joining together. And they tell you, you it's sometimes I want what I want. She wants what she wants. And we do, we got somebody's got to walk in love. Somebody's got to be the, you be Jesus this week. <laughs> I was last week. You be Jesus this time. <laughs> Listen, James tells us that, that when we get into trouble, 
when we have when we get into trouble that we should consider it an opportunity for joy. You know, I love this verse, James chapter uh, one verse two. Consider this your gift, friends, when tests and challenges come at you from all sides, because you know that under pressure, your faith life is forced into open and to show its true colors. It's so easy to get up here and talk a good faith talk. It's so easy to get up here and preach on walking in love, but it ain't easy to do it. That nobody has a gift to walk in love. You just got to do it. You got to make up your mind, literally make up your mind. We're going to do this thing. I'm going to walk in love. I'm not going to walk in offense. Peter tells us, not be, don't act surprised at the fiery trial that you're going through as though something strange were happening to you. He says, be glad. Paul says in Romans chapter 5 regarding problems and trials that they help develop us, help develop our endurance, help develop and strengthen our character. They help strengthen our confidence and our hope in God. Those things, it's, it's those difficult things that help us. We, nobody wants to, hey, bring it on, bring it on. But man, when we get to the place where we can understand what these things, what these problems, what these trials are going to do for me, they have the great potential to help me grow and be stronger in Christ. Then we'll get to the place where we can actually welcome them. All right? So again, listen to what Paul writes to the church at Ephesus. And really, we're talking about tool time. Listen to these tools that he identifies in Ephesians where he's talking about the armor of God. And my, my key verse here, I'll get to it in just a moment, but I'll just tell you, he talks about girding our loins with truth. He talks about putting on the breastplate of righteousness, the gospel of peace. Those are tools that he's given to us. But look what he says here about the, the, in the 16th verse, taking up the shield of faith with which you are able to extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Then he also mentions the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit. Those are six, six tools that the Lord has given to us. And as I said uh, in our prayer series, in fact, the, it was the, the highest prayers, week number seven, I've talked about the highest type of prayer, and it was the, where we pray in the Spirit because we're allowing the Holy Spirit to pray through us. And as I said, also, let me remind you, the sword of the Spirit, uh, the helmet of salvation of the sword of the Spirit there in Ephesians chapter six, comma, and praying at all times in the Spirit with all prayer and supplication. Praying in the Spirit is another tool that God has given to us to build ourselves up, to be able to pray the exact thing that needs, that needs to be prayed about. Those flaming arrows that, that it mentioned there that Paul says that our shield of faith can block those flaming arrows, I am convinced that some of those flaming arrows are just nothing more than negative thoughts, negative things, negative, negative, negative. He just sits right there on your shoulder, his little imp sit right there and just whisper these things into our minds. That's the reason we've got to be strong, strong in the spirit. We've got to have our minds transformed by the word of God. So, man, those things go out. Think on things. He tells us what things when we're, again, in Romans chapter 12, verse 2, to renew our minds. That's taking thoughts captive, it says in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 5. That means gaining control over what you're thinking about. We need to gain control. Don't let the enemy tell us what we're going to think about. Take a hold of every thought to the obedience of Christ is what that verse actually says. You know, some Christians, honestly, some Christians, I'd probably say most Christians never give a second thought, really not, not with any intentionality, of the need to developing the tool of faith. They don't think, I, I mean, get up and say, you know what, this week I'm really going to focus on building my faith. Because how does faith come, by the way? Faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. Faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing by the word of God with an intentionality. I'm going to build my faith today. I'm going to get stronger today. So I'm going to show you, I'm going to show you what this faith shield looks like. What is the composition? What makes up 
this face shield? I mean, is it metal? Is it leather? I mean, what was the composition of, of this table? Is some wood and some steel and some... Uh, so what's the, what, is the, what is our face shield? What does it look like? And what we're going to see is how important this face shield is. Not only is it just you, you must have it to, to please God, but how important it is the role it plays in us receiving the things that we're going to receive from God. And if, uh, if, if that's truly the case, and, and, and it is, by the way, many times, sometimes I think we're too quick to lay hands on people for different things. For, let's, let's just let's take healing, for example. Sometimes people aren't ready to be healed. And I know that sounds strange, but in other words, to be able to operate in faith, sometimes the people aren't ready for it. And then when we do that, when we lay hands on somebody, sometimes prematurely, it, sometimes it'll hurt their faith when they don't get what they're asking for or it doesn't happen in the time frame that they thought that it should have happened. So we need to take time to teach them, teach them what the Word of God says. And again, as I said, if they don't, and if we don't teach them that, then again, it'll hurt their, I believe it'll hurt their faith. But uh, here's an example of, of teaching somebody something. Uh, like let's say about praying, praying for the lost by proclaiming how much God loves them by telling a person that's not born again, telling them how much God loves them. And then what Jesus Christ did for them on the, on the, on the cross about his death, his burial and his resurrection, that knowledge, that knowledge alone right there helps move the lost person into a position to receive Jesus Christ as their Lord and savior. If they don't know what God, how, how much God loves them, they don't know what Jesus Christ did for them. But when we tell them, see, that knowledge, knowledge of the Word of God, knowledge of what Jesus Christ did by His stripes, where He that knowledge helps a person to receive, to understand, and can walk in faith and receive healing for themselves. But they have to be taught. They need to be taught these things. And again, and I'm not saying that we, we, you just, you're just not, I'm not going to pray for you. You're not ready. But I would, I would pray for them. I would pray myself for them, but I would spend as much time as I could if I knew where they were to, to instill some of these truths about what God's done for them to help their faith stand on their faith. There's other ways to be healed, and I've shared this before, but there's a person can be, you know, the Bible talks about gifts of the Spirit. There's three power gifts, three power gifts that do something. It's the, the working of miracles, the gift of faith. What's the other one? The working of miracles, the gift of faith, the gifts of healing. Thank you. The gifts of healing. They all do something. And But remember, who, who do I determine those? Does, does, did Billy Graham determine those? Did Kenneth Hagin determine when those things happened? No. The Spirit wills. A person can be healed instantly through a manifestation of the Spirit. But I liken that oftentimes to... The, the story of the man, at the, he was uh, an invalid for 38 years. He was at the pool of Bethesda. And the story went that it's, as the waters were stirred, when the water would, that somebody would turn the jacuzzi on and the waters would start bubbling, the first one that got into the water got healed. And that porch was full of sick people. So this poor old guy that had been sick for 38 years, had been an invalid, couldn't walk. He was at the back of the line. Everybody's laying there. A lot of other people brought family members there with them to help them to be the first one to get in the pool. But he said, when Jesus came to him, he says, hey, do you, do you want to be healed? He says, I can't. I can't. He says, when every time the water stirred, somebody always gets in there before me. Do you know that the pool of Bethesda was really a setup for disappointment? 
How many people never, never got in that pool because they couldn't get there? They were just like this man. They had no one there to help them get in. They were just there by just, I guess, to watch other people do it. But sometimes the, the gifts of the Spirit can, can operate, can be like a, a, a stirring of the Spirit. I mean, a stirring of the, yeah, a stirring of the waters. And uh, somebody can get healed. And it has nothing to do with their faith. Their faith had nothing to do with it. It was just a, there's somebody here today. I'm not I'm just saying, I'm, here's an example. Somebody here today that you've, you've had neck pains and da 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 God's healing you right now. And all of a sudden, they weren't, they weren't necessarily believing for that. In fact, I know, I know of one man that was in a healing school at Ramah, and his wife would bring him there every day. To, to do, and he had a big, big honking cyst on his neck back here. Looked more like a tumor. But big. I mean, it's big. And uh, he, didn't, he didn't believe. He just, I'll just go to shut her up. But one day, he went in there, and somebody laid hands on him by the gift of faith gift of faith and that not went away just like that had nothing to do with that man's faith again that's a stirring of the waters so that can happen and that still happens today miracles uh gifts of healing and the gift of faith see the gift of faith is that man i, I can believe god and believe god for anything no that's that's faith that's strong faith that's kind of like the, the the centurion when jesus said man i have not seen such great faith no not in all of israel that was, he was believing for his servant to be healed. He was believing that Jesus could heal him. In fact, don't even come in my house. Don't even come. Just speak the word and he'll be healed. And Jesus said, well, I've never seen such great faith. That wasn't the gift of faith. That was just faith from hearing about Jesus. It says, and when he heard about Jesus, he sent someone to ask Jesus to come. Hello? So, so we've got gifts of the Spirit can happen. And they do happen today. But I'm telling you that the vast majority of people, the vast majority of people today are going to be healed by standing on their faith. Because the Word of God says, tells us that healing is the will of God. Jesus is the express image of God, right? He came to do, he said, I came to do the will of my Father. As you read through the Gospels, was there anyone that came to Jesus that was sick that Jesus said, no, it's not my Father's will. The closest thing that you'll see to that was a blind man who was blind, and uh, the disciples said, oh, what was, is he blind because because he sinned? Why did he sin? He was born blind, sinned in the womb, kicked his mom too many times or something in the belly. That, that's sin, no. It's, oh, it must be because his parents sinned. That's why he's born blind. And Jesus says, no, it's neither him or his parents sinned. It's that God would receive glory. And when he got healed him, God got the glory for that. Yeah. So again, the number one way that you and I are going to get our get healing is by standing on the Word of God, standing on God's Word. All right, let me see where I'm at. I got way off. So again, I said that knowledge, that knowledge, talking to people about healing or talking to people about salvation, giving them scriptures that helps put them into a place where they can receive salvation or they can receive healing from the Lord. Um. Yeah, the vast majority, as I said, are going to be healed by standing on your faith and not necessarily a manifestation of one of the gifts of the spirits. So if that's true, if that's true, it's imperative that we understand what faith is and how faith comes. We need to understand about this faith shield. Again, its constitution, what, it, what it's made up of. Now that this faith shield, again, it doesn't, 
It doesn't just work for healing. The face shield is it just a, it's a, it's just when I need healing, I pull down my face shield. It's everything. It's everything in your life that you need. Everything from your daily needs, everything for forgiveness, everything. The face shield, we pull up that face shield for everything. We walk around, it's everything. We, we, we take it with us everywhere we go. When you get up, you don't get up and walk out of the house naked. You put clothes on every day. Put your armor on every day. It's just easy. It's just always good. When I tell you the helmet of salvation, just start at the top of your head. I tell you the helmet of salvation to pr protect my mind from the thoughts that the enemy's going to bring. I put on the breastplate of righteousness, the belt of truth, the belt of truth, which is the written word of God. It's the logos. It's the logos, the written word of God. Our feet shod with the gospel of peace. Then I take the shield of faith and the sword of the spirit which is the word of God. Well, I thought you said that was the belt of truth. If you look it up, it's the rhema. It's the spoken word of God. Belt of truth is the written word of God. That's the sword of the spirit is the, is the sword of the spirit. It's the spoken word of God. God speaks words. God still speaks to us, doesn't he? Mostly what God's going to tell us is written in his word. He'll lead us by his word. Now, is his word go to Bible college? Not necessarily. Is it God's will that you go to Bible college? Not necessarily, but it might be. But you're not going to find that here. You're going to have to be led by your spirit in those things. And you'll hear sometimes just the voice of God says, yeah, I want you to go. Or no, I want you to stay here and get involved in your local church and I'll teach you things. All right? Now catch this. Understand this. You don't have to bring people to church in order to get them saved. You don't have to bring people to church in order to get them healed. That's the mentality that Jesus' disciples had for a while is they would bring Jesus, all of these people, and one day Jesus said, you go out. Not only them, but remember in Luke chapter 10, he would sent 70, 70 out, and they came back at the end of that day. They were, man, they were on cloud nine. They were, man, Lord, you wouldn't believe all the people that we, we cast out devils. Devils obeyed us, and and, and people were we delivered and healed. Oh, it was just amazing. What did Jesus tell them? He said, that's, that's, all, that's all good. But the greater thing is your name's written in the Lamb's Book of Life, that you're saved. That's the greatest thing. But again, there comes a time, there comes a time again in our walk with God that we begin to teach others about the kingdom of God, not just get them to church. And that's good to invite people to church, but we tell them. That's what Jesus gave them the authority. You've got the authority. I'm not the only one with the authority. The preacher's not. You have the same authority that I do. The same authority. Again, there comes that time when we teach. Listen to what it says in Hebrews chapter 5, verse 12. You've been believers so long now, you ought to be teaching others. Instead, you need someone to teach you again the basic things about God's word. You have been believers so long now that you need, what, what, how is long enough? Is it what, after five years, after 10 years? I think it depends on the person after a year. The things that you learn in that year, man, and you've got still the fire of God in you, you can go, man, you can go preach up a storm. You can win people to the Lord. You can pray for people. Tell them what God's done for them. Tell them what Jesus Christ did for them on the cross. Amen? Watch this. This, this will help you. Listen to this. When you're, when, you, when you're talking to people, remember this. There's always two sides. There's always two sides with the things of God. There's the God side and there's a man side. There's the God side and the man side. Always teach people first the God side. Then teach them the, the man side. If we're ignorant, if we're ignorant of the God side, then it's going to greatly affect our ability to receive healing through faith or to receive salvation by faith. 
if we don't know the God side first. Let me give you an example. Let's, let's pretend that Jesus were, is speaking to the folks that are right here today. Speaking to those of you that are watching us, he's speaking to you. He's speaking these words to you. This is John 13, 34. John 13, 34 is what Jesus is speaking to you. Michael Edwards, this is what Jesus is speaking to you. Glenn and Lenora, God's speaking this to you. Just as I have loved you, you should love others. Just as I have loved you, you should love others. That kind of implies to me that if I haven't been taught how much God loves me, how much he loves me, then it's going to affect my ability to follow that command. Well, I don't mean I love, love others as much as Jesus. I don't know how much does he love me. And there's people that, that, that haven't been taught that. They don't know. They don't know. Listen, without knowing how much Jesus loved me, how am I going to help other people love like Jesus? When it comes to, when it comes to coming to people that are professing to be a Christian and the love of God, uh, there's, there's people that profess to be Christian. Let me say it this way. There's people that profess to be a Christian, but the love of God in their life, I don't say it doesn't look like it's within 100 miles of it. And what does that say to people that are professing to be Christian, but they, they're just as rude and mean and they're, they're all out for themselves at the, at the job. They tell, you know, jokes at the coffee counter that sh they shouldn't be telling. The Apostle Paul, he used this. He used this. It, you know, it's possibly because they don't know how much God loves them. The ones that, the, the, the Christians that are professing to be Christians, they just, maybe they just don't know how much God loves them. So that's why they're not walking in love. The Apostle Paul used this principle, the God side first, when instructing people in the area of marriage. In chapter 5, he tells husbands, he says, Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. And that might explain why some husbands don't love their wives like they should, because they don't know how Jesus loved the church. So we need to teach people the God side to healing Teach them what God did for them. When teach them about salvation, teach them what Jesus Christ did for them on the cross. Here's the man side. Here's the man side of, of this equation uh, in salvation is Romans chapter 9. It reveals the man side. Romans, I'm sorry, Romans chapter 10, verse 9. Romans 10, verse 9. It says, if you openly declare that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be saved. The man side uh, it's the man's side to believe and to declare. You, did you catch that? Here's what you do. We, we find out what God did for us, that Jesus Christ loved us. He died for our sins when we openly declare that Jesus is Lord and we believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead. Guess what? You'll be saved. That's how we release faith. We hear and we release the faith. How many of you can see that understanding the God side of salvation makes the man's side easier to do? When we understand what Jesus Christ did for us, I tell you, if you've never seen the movie, The Passion of the Christ, that's, that, was, that was a graphic, graphic display of what Jesus Christ did for us. Listen, here's, here's the thing. Just telling a sinner, just telling somebody who's not lost or who is lost, telling them John 3, 16, it might not be enough for them to do Romans 10, 9. Well, we said, so what do we do? We give them some more God-side information. For example, we, we, show them, we show them 1 John chapter 4, verse 9. 1 John 4, 9 says, God showed us how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that we might have eternal life through him. 
This is real love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. And then Romans chapter five, verse eight would be another great verse to show them. But God shows us his love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. It wasn't when you came to church and got your life all cleaned up. Now he died for you. No, while we were filthy, dirty, raunchy sinners, that's when Christ died for us. See, this principle, again, it works. It works. It's that faith principle. It works telling the God side first and, the, and, and then the man side second, whether you're talking about salvation, healing, forgiveness, prayer, marriage. It always works. There's a God side and there's a man side. So I said this verse, uh, started with this verse, uh, Hebrews eleven six to begin with. Worship team coming on up. Yeah, come on up. Let me say this. Let me read this verse one more time. Listen to this. New American Standard, Hebrews eleven six, And without faith, it's impossible to please him. For he that comes to God must believe. You must believe that he is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Now, listen, there's things that we should do and there's things that we must do. Things that we should do and things that we must do. Uh, when it comes to living in our physical bodies, we should exercise. But we must eat. You know eat, you know live. When it comes to our car, you should wash it every once in a while. But you've got to put gas in it. No gas, no drive. When it comes to salvation, we should believe that God is all-powerful. But we must believe, we must believe, according to Romans, that verse we just read in Romans 10, we must believe in his death, burial, and resurrection. You believe in that and then confess him as Lord and thou shalt be saved. People that are lost, they can't just make up anything they want to and be saved. There's things that they, the Bible says you must believe this. We must have faith. We must believe these things about the Lord. And according to Hebrews eleven six that we just read there, there's some things that we must believe when we come to God. When you come to God, there's two things that you've got to come with. And these are two things that makes up our, our faith shield. That's what we're going to do. We're going to construct a faith shield. By the end, we'll see what it looks like. But these have to be a part of our faith shield. We must believe that he is. And again, he is what? He is what you come to him for. And you must believe that you'll be given to upon approach. Because when we come to, come to, the, to the altar, when we have our prayer team up here, when we say that we believe that, you know, that if you need healing today, come. You say, well, I'm going to go up there and see if he is the healer. Mm -mm. I'm going to go up there and see if I do get healed. Mm -mm. I must believe that he is the healer. And I must believe when I go up there, I know I'm going to be healed. And to be honest, there's some of you that are here today that you're not quite there yet. And what do we need to do? We just need to feed that, that, that belief that it is God's will to heal. And the Bible is full of it. The examples that Jesus lived, again, as the will of God, living the will of God. He was the express image of the will of God. Look at all the people that he healed. Not one person, not one person did he turn away and say, no, it's not my Father's will that you be healed. But thanks for trying. Just now be happy about this. He healed everyone that came to him. He healed them all. Why? Because he was doing the express image of the will of God. We must have those two beliefs. We must have those. The opposite of that, the opposite of that is, is, is Hebrews eleven six would tell us when, when we approach. 
the opposite again would be if we if we're going to wait till we see if he heals, or I'm going to wait to see if anything happens. That's just the opposite of what Hebrews eleven six told us to do. Amen. So what are we doing? We are building a tool. We're building the tool of faith that God's given to us. In fact, the Bible tells us that He's already given us faith. It says that God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. He's given us all the measure of faith, and we're to take that faith and we're to grow it. The love of God has been, the, the tool of the love of God has already been shed abroad into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Romans chapter 5, verse 5. The love of God has been shed abroad into your heart by the Holy Spirit. And now what do we do? It's like a muscle. It's like, it's almost like saying he gave us muscles and then we work those muscles. We work that love. We work that faith. We work that faith. And we get to that place where, where Jesus can say, wow, I've not seen such great faith in all in Alamance County in your life. But it's effort. It takes effort to hear and believe and hear and believe. And again, what did Jesus do? Who, we, who was he? Amen. Let's all stand. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I'll ask our prayer team if you guys would come up. Mm, thank you, Lord Jesus. And the prayer team is running up as it even speaks. The prayer team has arrived. They're coming. Praise God. Our prayer team needs to grow. You know that verse that says it's time that you go and teach others. It's time that you pray for other people. If you can pray for people, if you know how to pray, you ought to join the prayer team. Let God use you to, it's, it's fun to be a blessing to people. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Listen, if you're here today and you need, you need prayer in any area of your life, it may be healing, it may be salvation. It could be, I need peace. I have a financial crisis in my life. And I, you just have needs and you need the prayer of agreement. Remember, there's different kinds of prayer. This is where we join our faith with other people and let us pray with you, let us agree with you. So if you need prayer in any area of your life, this would be a great time for you to come down to one of our people in prayer. And I want to say this, if you've never made Jesus Christ the Lord of your life, today is the most important day of your life. You're given an opportunity to enter into a personal relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. He loved you. He's not waiting for you to come. Now you're a part of the city gate church. Now I love you. No. When you were in the raunchiest part of your life, he loved you. He died for, your, died for that sin, all those sins. The Bible says that we are to repent. Repent just means, Lord, I'm sorry. I'm sorry for, you don't have to sit there, I did this, I did this. Lord, I'm sorry for all the sins I've ever done. And I ask you to come into my life and be the Lord of my life. I believe in your death, your burial, and your resurrection. Be the Lord of my life. And the Bible says, you will be saved. It's not, well, I hope you would know you will be. You will be. Then there ought to be a change in our life. Doesn't mean you're going to be perfect. Doesn't mean you still got this old flesh you've got to deal with. The Bible talks about, can, um, I saw something up there. Maybe it's a getaway devil. Um, there was a floating piece of fuzz. What was I saying? That's why you're here. <laughs> <laughs> Paul was watching the fuzz too. Who's displayed? But anyway, you can receive him today just as, and know that you're going to heaven and sure you're already there. I love this verse in 1 John 5. This is my last verse, 1 John 5, 13. I write this to those who believe that they may know that they have eternal life. 
I know that I'm saved. I know it. There's no question. I know that I know that I know. You can't talk me out of it. You can't twist some scripture and say, well, no, the Bible actually says, no, 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 no. I've already got the assurance in here. Romans 8, say, well, one more verse. Romans 8, 16. That the sons of God, the Holy Spirit is on the inside of us. He will, he will, he will confirm that he's on the inside of us. He confirms it. He's already confirmed it with me. I know it that I know that I know. So our worship team, they're going to sing this song. And as they sing the song, if you need prayer in any area of your life, come forward, especially if you want to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. We have some material that we want to give you. We want to give you a Bible, and we want to give you a little book called The Seven Basic Things. It talks about really what you need to do now that you're born again. It's so important. We want to give that to you, okay? So let's sing the song, and if you need prayer, come on down.